Chapter 32 of Your Psychic Powers and How to Develop Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lisa Phelps Gonzalez. Your Psychic Powers and How to Develop Them by Harold Carrington. Chapter 32 Prophecy versus Fortune Telling. The subject with which this chapter deals is a very important one for the spiritualist, for the psychic, and above all for the public medium, for the reason that it concerns him in a very practical manner. It would seem as if spiritualism, although an organized religious body, international in scope and influence, had no standing in the eyes of some people, nor that its accredited mediums were entitled to any more consideration than ordinary fortune-tellers. Fortune-telling, so-called, is against the law, and in many cities the authorities are very severe on anything which can in any way be construed as fortune-telling. Truly, one may be pardoned for believing that there is a power back of it which is opposed to so-called modernisms, to the several movements of a spiritual and religious nature that are freshly putting forth real knowledge of our true relations to this life and the life beyond. It is not merely a moral wave not merely ignorance of the difference between true and honest mediumship and fortune-telling, but an effort to retard and crush the truth. From the present standpoint of the court, Jesus, when he told the woman at the well about certain manners in her life, was a fortune-teller. The people marveled over him because of what he could tell and do. To spiritualists he was a medium, but a master, and one so qualified by time and distance as he comes down the centuries to the present age. In the twenty-first chapter of First Corinthians, Paul describes the gifts of the Spirit, or spiritual gifts, and says they are all of the same Spirit. The word Spirit here is used in the sense of a collective noun or a noun of multitude, much as we use the word Congress, and applies to the Spirit world as the source of inspiration and control, the same as with the spiritualist. Mediums and the Law there was much consulting with mediums in those early days of the primitive church. For does not Paul again say, Try the spirits and see if they be of God. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Opposition stirs up opposition, and puts men and movements on the defensive. Spiritualism realizes this, and is now actively engaged in efforts for the better protection of its mediums. When one strikes a blow at modern spiritualism, he strikes a blow as well at ancient spiritual truth, that truth which fills the pages of our Bible, for which the early martyrs died and upon which the Christian church was built. It comes as the comforter which Jesus said he would send in the latter days. An assistant district attorney once made a ruling that a sandwich constitutes a meal, and so liquor could be bought on Sunday. But no court can rule that a fortune-teller constitutes a spiritualistic medium, and have it stand. The letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. At the same time, prophecy is a genuine spiritual or mediumistic gift, and there are thousands of persons who have experienced so-called premonitions or provisions of the future, and have felt compelled to tell others what they have seen for them. Between prophecy and fortune-telling there is, therefore, a very fine line to be drawn, for the one is dependent upon superstition to a great extent, while the other is a genuine psychical faculty which requires our recognition and study. What Prophecy Is 
So far as we can define the distinction between the two, it may be said that prophecy depends upon internal spiritual promptings, or the reception of definite messages relating to the future which are told the medium by external spiritual intelligences. He acts merely as a medium for transmission in the latter case, and simply gives out what he receives. This is the type of spiritual premonition as distinct from clairvoyance of the future, which we have already discussed in chapter 14. In this latter case, the power appears to depend upon internal and spontaneous quickening of spiritual faculties, and seems to be self-originated, as it were. It is very similar to spontaneous premonitions, therefore, and in fact these subjects are so very closely connected that only an expert can define the differences between them. Unless one has had considerable experience and knowledge in this field, he is totally incapable of judging whether a given set of phenomena are the type of genuine prophecy or mere fortune-telling, and he should study the subject thoroughly before he is capable of expressing an opinion upon it. It may be well to consider the meaning of the word prophecy. It is derived from the Greek word prophemai, pro meaning before, and femai to say or tell. There is another word propheteuo of similar import and derivation, and means to prophecy, divine, foretell, predict, presage, to explain or apply prophecies. In Greek classical literature, the word prophet meant a declarer, foreteller, diviner, a harbinger, a forerunner, a priest, teacher, instructor, interpreter, a poet, a bard. All of these definitions carry with them something of the idea of a character whose mission is in some way connected with the aspirations and longings of mankind. A Definition of Prophecy The Standard Dictionary has defined prophecy as follows. 1. To predict or foretell, especially under divine inspiration and guidance. To prefigure, as to prophecy evil. 2. To speak or utter for God. 3. To speak by divine influence, or as a medium of communication between God and man. Specifically, to speak to men for God, declare or interpret the divine will. 4. To predict future events by supernatural influence, real or professed. To foretell the future. Utter predictions, as to prophecy a disaster. 5. Archaic. To interpret scripture, explain religious subjects, preach, exhort. Under the head of synonyms, the standard dictionary gives augur, define, foretell, predict, prognosticate. Prophecy differs from predict by assuming a claim to supernatural or divine inspirations. To prognosticate is to predict from observed signs, indications, or conditions. To prophecy in the scriptural sense is to utter religious truths under divine inspiration, not simply always to foretell future events, but to warn, exhort, comfort, etc., by special message or impulse from God. This scriptural definition seems well adapted to the spiritualist sense of the word when we interpret God to mean the infinite spirit of good. The verb prophecy is also used in the New Testament in the sense of revealing something which had happened and was unknown to the person revealing it, except through some so-called supernatural source. As, for instance, after Jesus was pronounced guilty of death by the high priest, some of the ruffians, who have their counterpart in this day, spat in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with palms of their hands, saying, Prophecy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Matthew chapter 26, verse 65 to 68. Jesus ignored this challenge. Could they have understood or would they have believed in his mission if he had correctly pointed out the man who had assaulted him?
explanation of fortune-telling it is true however that the method of arriving at the knowledge given is in itself an indication of the character of the knowledge imparted thus fortune-telling in the hands of charlatans and quacks is often connected with such superstitious practices as reading the future from tea or coffee grounds from cards allowing birds to pick out envelopes containing written messages relating to the future etc such practices are certainly to be deprecated by every sincere spiritualist and truth-seeker though it should be said just here that many psychics who read the cards in this manner depend not so much on the actual fall of the cards as upon the psychic impressions which they receive at the time the sitter's fortune is being told this is often true also in the case of palmists there is doubtless some truth to the general doctrine of palmistry but it can only hold good to a very limited extent when impressions are received the process is somewhat akin to crystal gazing where the mind is concentrated on an external object while it remains passive and open to internal impressions but instead of receiving these in the form of visual pictures they are given in a more general and vague manner why fortune-telling is sometimes true on the other hand genuine mediumistic messages are frequently given while the subject is reading the cards examining the sitter's palm etc it will be observed that in these cases there is a certain fundamental reality in the phenomena but it is perverted and unconsciously covered up by the seer who is unaware of the actual source of the information he gives psychic power or mediumship is the basis of the supernormal information given but it is under the guise of fortune-telling a far more direct and satisfactory method would be to come out in a straightforward and direct manner and state that each and such impressions were received relating to the future and this premonitory faculty could doubtless be cultivated by certain practices and be used as the student progressed in his psychic development exercises for development of these faculties will be given later on in this book why mediums cannot help themselves disbelievers in spiritualism often say if your assertions are true why do not the spirits warn and advise you more frequently and why do they not help you financially or otherwise more than they do the answer is simply as before said that you are not a creator but an instrument a knife may be sharp but it could not cut bread without the power behind it a soldier may go to war and fight bravely without knowing the real reasons for the war you are the knife or the soldier you cannot act by yourself or achieve desirable results unless the power be imparted to you from beyond and even then the power is supplied for other purposes and centered upon other things the knife does not cut itself but the bread clairvoyant power does not benefit the clairvoyant directly but some third person and in cases where the student has found it possible to pervert its use and turn it into selfish channels the power has invariably been lost it may also be said that spiritualists may err in the selection of spirit advisers as well in their mediums of intercommunication that is true for we are not endowed with perfect judgment even in selecting in this life our medical or legal advisers or our governmental representatives and officials our business partners or our friends or the person to advise us as to where we can get the best advice in a given manner the spiritualist merely claims the right to act for himself without let or hindrance from those who differ with him in religious views if he makes mistakes which cause him loss or suffering it must be remembered that even jesus with his extraordinary psychic powers made a mistake when he selected judas iscariot as one of the twelve 
if it be said that this seeming mistake was a part of the divine plan then it may also be said that the spiritualist seeming mistakes may also be part of a divine plan history of prophecy there can be no doubt that prophecy has existed in all ages and has had its own uses as well as its abuses many spiritualists believe that prophecy is invariably connected with spirits and that the explanation depends upon their communication on the other hand many orthodox religious persons believe that prophecy depends entirely upon the influx of the divine spirit and that the ability to predict or foretell comes directly from god this is the manner in which it is regarded by many people and many religious books there are many references to prophecy and to prophets both in the old and the new testament and any one who accepts the teachings of the bible as in any way true and valuable can hardly fail to believe that prophecy is a genuine psychical faculty which has been exercised by men in all ages and is undoubtedly being exercised by them now thus in first corinthians chapter four verse three we read but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort again in the same chapter verse one we read follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy and again in the same chapter verses thirty one thirty two and thirty nine we read for ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets wherefore brethren covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues one more quotation in first corinthians chapter twelve verse four through twelve we read now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit and there are differences of administrations but the same lord and there are diversities of operations but it is the same god which worketh all in all but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit withal for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gift of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discernings of spirit to another diverse kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but all these worketh that one and the self same spirit abiding in every man as he will many other references of this character could be given but it is hardly necessary for every student knows that every religious book in the world accepts the genuineness of prophecy and in fact all religions are based on the revelations of seers or prophets how is prophecy possible prophecy is a faculty which usually comes unsought and spontaneously when the future is seen in an isolated picture or event it is usually called a premonition or prevision and many examples of this character have been collected and published by the societies for psychical research it may be asked how is it possible to see into the future to lift the veil of futurity and glance forward as we glance backward in reading history certainly at first sight such a thing appears not only impossible but absurd nevertheless it is an undoubted fact and numbers of cases of this character might perhaps be explained more or less rationally even with our present knowledge thus certain types of premonitions relate to the future of welfare of the body or health of the subject experiencing them 
In such cases we might suppose that the subconscious mind, which has a wider range of inner experience and knowledge than the ordinary waking mind, was aware of certain internal changes and happenings of which the conscious mind was totally ignorant. In such cases the explanation would be that the subconscious mind, having acquired this knowledge, would merely impart or externalize it in the form of a vision, voice, or message, or in the form of automatic writing, etc. A second type of premonition might depend upon subconscious inference and deduction, thus being far more accurate and far-seeing than the conscious mind in such matters, particularly when the latter is occupied with everyday practical affairs. Another set of premonitions might be accounted for by assuming that the knowledge given is imparted telepathically, or gained clairvoyantly by the subject's own mind. In these cases the information would be in the minds of other living persons, and would be gained from them and given out before the subject had gained the fact normally. Scientific Explanation of Prophecy A fourth type of premonition might be explained by assuming that discarnate spirits play a large part and communicate the information to the recipient of the message in question. In this case, the discarnate intelligence would have to be in possession of certain facts, or be enabled to see farther than the psychic himself. And there is much evidence that this is in fact the case on numerous occasions. For example, if we see a spider walking across the table, we know that when it reaches the edge it will either stop or fall over, though the spider cannot foresee these facts, and continues to walk quite ignorant of the fate in store of it. Again, use a more forceful example. Supposing a friend of yours is walking down the street and is coming to a cross street down which a strong wind is blowing. Being in possession of this knowledge, you can predict with more or less certainty that when your friend reaches this cross street that his hat will blow off, and in fact this actually happens. Now you will see in this case your ability to predict this fact, or partly see into the future, was based on your larger knowledge of certain factors playing about his life. It is only logical to suppose, therefore, that spirits who may be, and probably are in possession of greater psychic powers than we, can foresee tendencies and destinies, to a certain extent, towards which human beings are tending. This being so, they are enabled at times to communicate, perhaps telepathically, statements regarding the future which often turn out to be true. This would be a logical explanation of many cases of premonition of this type, and would explain to us, in a perfectly simple manner, why it is that mistakes and errors so often occur in premonitions of this kind. It would only be what we should expect. It must be admitted, however, that there are many cases of premonitions which cannot be explained in this simple way, and which we cannot in any manner account for, in the present state of science and of our limited knowledge of psychic phenomena. These cases we must simply record and hope that the time may come some day, when we will be enabled to comprehend clearly the underlying causal explanation, which will make clear to us the real mechanisms by means of which premonitions and prophecies are fulfilled. End of chapter 32